This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Oh man, waterfowl season, it's close, it's coming, I can almost taste it. On this episode, I'm going to share with you the number one thing I learned last duck season. Hey, and welcome to the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel, helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we are breaking into the first episode of waterfowl hunting content for the season, for the year, for whatever you want to call it. And uh, this year, guys, I'm going to do things a little differently than I did last year in times past. I'm going to break it up. I'm going to do a few episodes about waterfowl, a few episodes about deer hunting, maybe a few more about waterfowl, rotate some other things in there. Whereas last year, I think I did like 20 straight episodes on waterfowl and 20 straight episodes on deer. And there's just too much going on at the same time for that anymore. Um, there's just too much good stuff happening. So I'm going to be rotating. I'm going to be breaking it up. I'm going to do a few on this, few on that, add some other things in there. So we're going to do a few episodes on waterfowl hunting. At least that's my plan. Then we'll do some more on deer hunting. We'll probably come back to waterfowl hunting. We might do some fall turkey hunting. Who knows? There's all sorts of things that could happen. But today we're talking about duck hunting and the number one thing that I learned last year. And I learned a lot of things last year. Last year was a great duck season for me. So much better than the previous year. Because I had learned so much from the previous year that helped me last year. And last year I learned so much, both about hunting in general, but also about my area, my water, the birds around here, how to hunt them, when to do certain things, and when to do other things. I just just learned so much and I I, maybe I should have done a top 10 things I learned last season maybe that'll be another episode 
But today I wanted to key in on and focus in on the number one thing, the top thing that I learned. Um, Because I can easily boil it down to the number one thing because, oh man, was this just a, a, a problem and a drain and a struggle last season. And I didn't have this problem this season before very much because we just weren't very successful that season. We just did not get a lot of ducks. I learned other things that season. But last year, I got a lot more ducks. Things went a lot better. And then this problem emerged that I was just not prepared for. Didn't realize you know, what we were supposed to do until near the end of the season. And I came to realize, okay, wow, I have to make this a max level priority. And so let's just jump right into it. So you're out duck hunting. In fact, I'll just tell you the story, what happened to me first day of the season last year. And you would have thought I would have learned my lesson after day one, because this happened twice in the same day. But I didn't. I should have, but I didn't. So I'm out duck hunting, and we're sitting in a blind. And we're sitting on a little pond, got a blind. Um, We actually slipped into this blind that was already set up. We didn't put out any decoys. We didn't put out anything. I had some decoys, but we said, you know what? There's a chance birds could be roosting here. There's a chance they could be roosting here. And if they're not roosting here, I'm pretty sure they're going to fly into this pond at first light. And I didn't want to risk putting out any decoys because I didn't want to risk if they were just literally sitting in the water even or around the pond somewhere. I didn't want to risk spooking them out. So we snuck in like ghosts into this blind early, made no sound whatsoever. I mean, just literally, I walked in, had my waders in a bag, and I just walked in, sat down, already loaded my gun, which I don't advise you doing, but I loaded my gun far away so I wouldn't even make that noise. And then we just walked in, sat down in darkness and silence. No flashlights, no noise, no nothing. Just straining our ears to hear anything and everything we could hear. And we could hear ducks. All right, we could hear wood ducks. We could hear the occasional mallard. And we're just sitting there. We're waiting. And we thought we could even hear ducks in the water. We thought, oh man, maybe we, maybe we did. Maybe this is a roost spot. You know, a lot of people say you shouldn't hunt the roost. Well, we weren't trying to hunt the roost, but uh, this was our number one spot we identified and I didn't want to blow it if it was a roost. So we get in there, we're waiting, we're waiting. Finally, first light comes, legal shooting light. Yeah, there's no ducks in this water. There's no ducks on this pond, which is good and bad, right? You breathe the sigh of relief. Okay, there, there, there's none right here. Um you know, I didn't didn't blow up a roost spot. But at the same time, you wish there were ducks there, right? Because if there's ducks there, there's ducks and you can shoot those ducks. That's why you're there. So, you know, no, I got no regrets doing that. I don't care. You know, you're hunting down in Louisiana or Arkansas and, and you know, you've got lots of flights of ducks coming into your spread on a daily basis. You know, you can judge and say, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't shoot birds on the water. You shouldn't hunt the roost. Yeah, I I have never once taken a limit of birds in Pennsylvania. Not one time, ever, period. Not one season. Um, You know, the chance of taking a limit with birds on the water would jump at it. It's no holds bar. 
this is bird hunting here is not the same as it is other places. Not in Western PA, Eastern, Central. You've got some big rivers. You've got some some fly zones. Not over here. It's a different game. But got a lot better last year learning our game locally. So we're sitting there, you know, five minutes in the legal shooting light. All these birds take off from 7,500 yards out in front of us. There was another pond behind the pond that we were on that they were all roosting at. All right. Tons of birds just took off. And they're going left and they're going right. And then a flight of two big mallards, as best as I could tell, they were two big mallards. They flew right, they're flying right over top of us. So I was waiting. They were at probably 35 yards, maybe a little closer. I stood up, boom, took a shot, knocked one down. Heard it splash, heard it hit the water like a brick. And I thought to myself, oh, that was great. That's You can't do any better than that. You can't do any better than shooting a duck, shooting a mallard, five minutes in the legal shooting light on opening day in Pennsylvania. There's no way you can do it better. I missed the other one because there were two and none of those other ducks came over. But I thought, okay, hold on now. We're just going to just hold steady, reload. There could very well be some more. There could be another flight because they came out in waves. So there could be another wave. There could be birds flying away around from any distance. I thought, let's just take a few minutes and wait, see what happens. So we waited five or 10 minutes and then it was obvious, okay, all that activity was gone. So I got up, put my waders on, went to retrieve my duck. Yeah, I, uh, I searched for two hours for that duck. Never found it. Never found it. Never found any sign of its existence. That duck got up. Well, it either got up and walked or flew away or... It could have uh, swam down to the bottom, wrapped its head around something, and killed itself, which is not an uncommon thing for ducks to do. And I didn't see the duck hit the water, right? Because the way the blind was set up, it was just out of my peripheral vision, just out of the periphery. But I heard it hit the water off to my left on the other side of the cover of the blind. And then when I got up to go look for it, this, this duck had ghosted. I was so confused. And I mean, I searched every square inch. I searched the entire pond. I searched the perimeter around the pond. I searched everywhere and everything and I found nothing. Not a feather, not a drop of blood, nothing. And I was just, I was kind of sick to my stomach that this bird had gotten away. Surely I had hit it, obviously. But, and it's surely probably going to die. It's just going to die somewhere else. And it's going to be a coyote's dinner, not mine. And it's probably going to be a long, painful death. And I just felt so bad about it. We didn't have any more opportunities in that spot the rest of the morning. I did actually put out some decoys. And uh, we sat there and we called a little bit, but we didn't get anything. It was raining this whole time. And I was soaked after searching for this bird. But eventually the, the rain broke, so we decided, hey, we're going to take a walkabout down to some other water, maybe a half mile away, and then we'll come back here. So we took a walkabout. We're walking on in. As we start getting close to this water, we could see wood ducks flo- or f- just frolicking. I mean, just 
playing and splashing and have a good old time on this water. So we started sneaking in, sneaking in, sneaking. I mean, we it took us like 30 minutes to go 30 yards. We got just we got within about 30 yards of them, which about as close as we felt like we could get and 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 not be seen and not spook them. And then we jumped them. We jumped them. They took off. We start shooting. We had we we knock we kill two birds instantly. We hit. I'm almost certain we dropped two more birds, and they were in the air. They fell in some brush, and then a bunch more birds kept flying. And there was another little lake next to it, and we thought, you know what? There might be some more birds over there, and these birds may have even landed over there. So instead of retrieving the birds we just shot. We decided let's just go walk another 20 yards and take a look at this water, see if any of those birds landed there, and uh, see what we could figure out. So we snuck over there, we reloaded. Of course, there was nothing there. What were we thinking? I mean, we just, what birds are going to stay there if they were there? But, you know, in the moment, you make bad decisions, and we did. So we're like, all right, well, let's go back and get our ducks. Well, the two that were killed upright were laying on the water got the waders on, got those ducks. The other two, we could not find to save our lives. We spent maybe another hour there searching for these. We watched the one in particular within, we knew within three feet of exactly where it fell. And it was nothing. There was no sign. I mean, we watched it hit the ground and it was gone. Just evaporated, vaporized, nothing left. No blood, no feathers, no nothing. I mean, we tore this place apart trying to find this duck. But somewhere in that 10 minutes, this duck had regained it, or, well, we don't know if we knocked it out, but it got up and either walked or flew away in all this time that we gave it. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I can tell you another time. All right, we're out, and uh, we had set up our blind, and um, not where we wanted to because the area was really flooded out. We actually set up in the only place we could find left that had any hope, and it was not a good spot, but it was just the only one we could manage that morning. And we got our blind set up right on the edge of this just horribly swollen creek. And, you know, there were ducks everywhere. I've never seen as many ducks as in Pennsylvania as I did on that morning. Flying over, we had some ducks come in. Uh, we shot them coming in at about 35, 40 yards. The one was dead, dead. The other looked dead, and then it started kicking. And, you know, we sent the dog in. We had a dog that day. The dog went and brought back the, the one that was dead, dead, 
and the dog wouldn't go back in after the, after the other one. Yeah, I mean, the other one was like upside down, kicking with one leg. I thought, okay, it's dead. And it kicked its way out of the clear water and into some flooded timber. Well, the dog didn't want to go back in for it. So I got, we had a little inflatable canoe. I uh, got in, paddled over, and looked and searched. No sign. No sign at all. Don't know. Don't know where it went. Don't know what happened to it. Searched until I couldn't search anymore, figure anything else out. Had to give up. Lost the bird. Um, felt terrible about it. And, you know, over the course of these experiences and others, came to realize something. You got to make complete, absolute, 100% certain that you recovered the ducks you shoot immediately. Immediately. Better to, better to blow potential future opportunities to get out and get those ducks right now. All right. You know, the one that was kicking and, you know, I could not have just walked out and picked it up. It was in deep water. It's probably 40 feet deep because of how swollen the creek was. I should have shot it again. I should not have stopped. I should not have quit until the duck was completely motionless. All right. Should not have let it swim away. That first duck that I shot on opening morning at dawn, I should have sprung to my feet and ran over to where that thing was. Ran, even if I had to carry my waders with me, which it's never a good idea to not be wearing the waders. Um, learned that too. But ran, I should have immediately get eyes on that bird, make sure that bird is dead. Make sure it is down. Make sure it is floating belly up, motionless. Shoot it again. Shoot it two more times. Whatever you need to do to make sure the bird is dead and not suffering and that you're not going to lose it. That's what I should have done. When we dropped those wood ducks, we should have immediately just ran to where they hit the ground. Ran to that spot. If they jumped up and flushed, then you got another shot. If they ran, you cannot run a duck on land. If he runs into the water, better still. Uh, easier shot. Should have immediately just that made the number one priority to get those birds. And there were other situations where I lost more birds even to just thought, okay, well, I saw the bird swim over there. It's dead. I can see the blood. I'll go in and recover it. Gone. Disappeared. Should have just shot it again. Now, why am I not shooting these birds again? In my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I don't want to put too many pellets in the bird because I want to eat these birds. But if the bird's not dead, there can't be that many pellets in it. Okay, it's it's not the right logic. Uh, there was a time or two where I, once I got up to the bird, I was actually too close to shoot it. It was too close. Didn't know what to do. Um, and what I should have done is just backed away and shot it. That, easy, right? But if you don't know, because you, you don't know. And, you know, it, it, that was just the big lesson that I finally learned most of the way through the season is do not lose the birds you've shot for the for the hope of more birds that you you haven't shot don't do it it's not right for you it's not fair to the animal if you've hit it you need to put it down quickly and efficiently 
you do not want these birds to suffer. There were a couple, the one time, another time that came up. Uh, this exact thing happened. It was at dawn. A couple mallards flew overhead. I stood up, knocked one down. I had learned my lesson by this point, And I immediately just dropped everything I needed to drop. Pulled out my Tetra ear protection because I don't want to go into the water with little electric ear protection that's very expensive in my ears. And I just went right after it. Just went right after it. The bird had swam to the side of the stream. It had found a little, um, just a little trickle, little valley where there was just a little water trickling in. Had ran up that little valley. And I got there in time to see it, to notice it. I, I was searching the shoreline a couple passes. And then I saw it just move a little bit as it had worked its way far up that valley. And then I charged up that thing. It was trying to run away, but I was faster than duck on land. And I was able to grab it, get put the finisher on it, and then bring it home. But had I waited, had I thought, hold on now, if it's dawn, there could be more ducks, that bird would have been lost too. But I learned the lesson in time for that one. But guys, the number one thing I learned last season is immediately recover any birds that you down immediately now if you see him floating belly up motionless okay you don't need to just storm out there like a house of fire if it's still water and they're dead dead okay you know you don't need to just make rash decisions but until they're dead dead or you're holding them in your hand you need and i guys i can tell you one more all right one i shot this bird boom it's there, it's belly up in the water. Its head is underwater. It is belly up, all right? Birds as dead as it could be, so I thought. I thought, okay, let me figure the best way to get out to this bird. It was not uh, in the best location for me to reach water-wise, but I got to it. As I get the bird back on land, it comes back to life. It, it's got bullet holes in it. In its head, it's bleeding out. It comes back to life. This bird would have walked and probably even flown away had I not gotten it and, and retrieved it when I did. Uh, it, it, was, it was like, I couldn't even believe it. It was just the most bizarre thing. But that can happen. You wait too long. You don't keep your eyes on it. We had another hunt um, where a buddy of mine... We, we had, I won't go into the whole thing. The story's too long, but he shot a bird and the water was too deep and there was no way we could get it. So we had a kayak. So he calls me, says, Hey, go back and get the kayak and paddle down here. Or, and then he was like, or do you think I should come back and get it? And I told him I had learned this lesson. I said, you don't take your eyes off that bird and you follow it wherever it goes downstream. Gun in hand. You do not take your eyes off that bird. If the bird stops, you stop. If the bird gets up, you shoot it. If the bird gets stuck under something, you just stare at it until I get there. And I got in the kayak and I paddled down. And in that scenario, it was easy for me to see it floating in the middle of the creek. And I got it. But we had learned too many times. There's just been too many of these things happen in one season, which is unbelievable. You're saying, how did you not learn this sooner? You get greedy. 
you get stuck in the moment, you get greedy, you got to set a rule. You can say, I shoot a bird, I'm getting the bird. Birds down, I'm getting up, I'm getting the birds immediately. I'm not thinking about what other birds might come. These are birds that are down. All right, they are down. They have been hit with a shotgun. They are in the water, they're on the ground. We've got these birds. We know we can take these birds home if we can get to them fast enough. Whatever else could potentially happen in the next few minutes almost always is nothing, but you just have that greed factor, this, you know, well, what could, what might, what might not, you know, all these different things. And it's just like, hold on, this is the wrong way to look at it. It's the wrong way to think about it. If you drop a bird, you get that bird. And it's like I said, this is part of this is about, you know, making sure that bird is humanely dispatched and doesn't suffer. Because so many times you think the bird's dead, the bird's not dead. You think it's over, it's not over. You think you'd just be able to get it, you can't just get it. I've had birds float out in the deep water. Like, oh, well, that just made an easy retrieval extremely difficult because we were hoping more birds might come in. Um, you know, I have lost bird in deep water. Just had no way to get to it. Just absolutely nothing I could do with the equipment and resources I had with me that day. Um, it died, but I, I, I was never able to get it. And those kind of things... Better to shoot a bird and recover it and go home with one bird than to shoot a bird, lose it, and shoot five more and take those five home, in my opinion. Better to not let that animal suffer and get away than even the potential of taking more. And you almost never do. You almost never do. You're losing nothing by dropping the hunt to recover those birds immediately. And I wish I could tell you, even using the best ammo available on the market, that they're always stone dead every time. I've had them be as stone dead as dead could be. I've had them fall out of the sky, nosedive into the mud, and only be able to find a flipper sticking out of the mud because of how hard that bird hit the ground and how deep it went in and how stone cold dead it was. And yeah, that happens, and that's great, and those are the kind of shots that you want, but you know, the better of a shot you are, the more that'll happen. But even still, not every bird dies immediately. Not every bird dies on contact when it hits the ground or hits the water. You got to follow up immediately. Get the bird, make sure it's dispatched, and take it home. And if you do that, you will have far better days and far easier sleeps than knowing, man, that bird's out there suffering for who knows, hours, days, whatever the case may be. And all too frustrating is it when they swim to the bottom and then tangle themselves around something and die there. Because they will do that. It's the craziest thing. But it's a real thing. You need to get them immediately. You need to make sure they're dead. If they're not dead, you shoot them. If you got them in hand, you put the finisher on them. And uh, you just, you got to, you got to get them quick. And I've probably belabored this point, but guys, head to the website, newhuntersguide.com, head to the duck hunting section or the goose hunting section, whatever you're up for. And you'll see all the episodes that have been done on that topic, broken out by category, by subject matter, so you can search it easily. 
as well as reviews, articles, and so on. And we'd really appreciate it if you head to iTunes, leave a five-star review with a comment because it's the number one way to help the show grow to reach more people. I really appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless you and go get them in the woods. anglers search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv a life that has the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. Six, eight Western. A mule there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.